demonic spirits speaking through a Ouija board, clown faces showing up at the front of your bed while you're asleep, ghosts that open your hotel room door. Special guest Grace Lord tells us a few of the strange and frightening things that happened to her during an entire year of strange occurrences on this episode of The Podcast Nightmares Are Made Of. Hello and thank you for listening to the podcast Nightmares Are Made Of. I'm your host, Jonathan Garcia. And today I'm joined with a special guest who's here to tell us a personal story about their experiences with the unknown. Special guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Grace Lord, haunted for 23 years. (laughs) (laughs) Grace, it has come to my understanding that you have a really great story to tell us. And I'm really excited to hear your story and for you to share with us and our listeners here on the podcast. Uh, Whenever you're ready, go ahead and take it away. Yeah. So I, as I said, I've been haunted my entire life and it slowed down after I graduated high school and went into college for some reason. And right after I dropped out of college, I was working in Las Vegas at the Tropicana Hotel, which is in the top 10 haunted hotels in Vegas. And the reason it's haunted is because they wanted it to be some kind of tiki theme, I think. And so they got a bunch of authentic tiki masks and put them above the doors when you're walking into the hotel. So... Okay. So you just had like a bunch of tiki masks above the hotel for yeah like the door greeting guests okay okay weird the hotel's getting torn down maybe because of how haunted it is (laughs) so uh one of the masks i when i googled it, it has some kind of history about it that it has evil spirits connected to it and it's made the hotel super haunted and i was working there and staying in the hotel and I had slept there for a few nights already and I was staying in the same hotel room as my dad so he was staying in it was like a suite and he was staying in the bedroom and I was sleeping on the pull-out couch in the living room area and I was it was around 2 a.m and I was just laying on my phone because insomnia (laughs) and I heard the key card to the hotel room door swipe and the door completely opened flooding our hallway with light but with no shadow of a person standing there and i I think i said it was around 2 a.m and i'm just laying there on my phone like oh what someone's breaking in what do i why didn't we lock the door that's terrifying and so i wait for a second to see if the door is going to shut to see if anyone said there's not even talking in the hallway and I waited to see if anyone was going to do anything and then the door just slowly started shutting by itself and then I just heard the click and it was pitch black in the room because we had blackout curtains everywhere so I was like oh my god oh my god what do I do what do I do and I like reached over and turned on the lamp 
or first I turned on my phone flashlight because I was like, if someone's staring at me, I'm going to start screaming and crying and I, I don't know what to do. And so I turned on my phone flashlight. Nobody was there. <laughs> so and, so so yeah. you're saying like the this is you're you're in your room right now and so you heard yeah, the hotel room. A, like an actual like click of like someone sliding in a card you know like you like and you i do, heard it like accept the key card oh so it, it, you heard like the little beep 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 like what it does whenever yeah. it accepts the card too mm-hmm. and like someone had a key to our room someone actually had a key to your room the door opens and so there's light coming in from the hallway is that that's right yeah so the way the hotel room worked out is that it was the hotel room door that led outside of our room and then a little hallway and in that hallway directly next to the hotel room door there was a sliding door that connected us to another room mm-hmm. and then down the hallway there was a door to the bedroom in the hotel suite and then i like turned a corner and was in the living room so i could see the hallway but i couldn't see the hotel room door i could just see light reflecting off of a wall and if i tried to go to my dad's room i would have to walk by that door that just opened and so for a second i was just alone and couldn't do anything because i was like is someone gonna kill me (laughs) Because at first I didn't think it was anything paranormal. I was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna get murdered in Vegas." Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. No. Yeah. No joke. Like, especially since it was like a key card opening the door. Yeah. Like, it, or at I least was that's just what like, that's a person. Yeah. 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 That's like 100. percent That is a person who has somehow lo- unlocked the door and is now about mm-hmm. to just you know straight up murder me. Yeah, no, yeah. I would be absolutely terrified. And but then you said like the light came in and there was like no shadow. It was just light. Just, yeah. And the, like I would have seen the shadow of a person standing in the doorway based on the way the light was reflecting. And so I was just like maybe they snuck in and went into the sliding door to, like conjoining the rooms. And yeah. so I like turned on the lamp worked up the courage to stand up and just run to my dad's room. I I wake him up. I'm so glad he didn't lock the door and was like, someone broke in. Someone is in here and I need you to check that little sliding room and also look outside and see if anyone's there. Like I I, (laughs) come here, please. And he ran out and was just like, there's no one here. And I was like, I'm sleeping on the floor in your room. I'm not going back out there alone. That's not happening. (laughs) Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, so I did. And um, the next day, I was recording an audition for some TV show. And my friend was on FaceTime with me being my reader. I'm an actor and you have to do self-tape auditions where you record yourself and someone says the other lines for you of the other people in the scene, just for listeners. (laughs) And um, I was doing a scene in in the bedroom room with the door shut and my dad was performing in vegas at the time so he had just left the room to go to the venue and i wasn't expecting him to come back into the room because it was his call time yeah and uh i was i have a video of this because i was literally recording my audition and i start to say a line 
and you hear the door to the bedroom, which I had locked, you hear it click. And I watched the doorknob. It was one of those that's like long. I watched the doorknob go down and I was like, oh, I bet he's coming back in here to grab something. And then he heard me auditioning and stopped. And then you hear it in the video. You hear the doorknob click and then you hear the door start to swing open. And I just go, oh my God, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) (laughs) And my friend was like, what, what? And she thought I, she, again, she thought I was going to get killed. That was like the trend of staying at the Tropicana. And so I go over to the door and I swing it open and no one's there. And I was just like, the door just opened by itself. What do I do? And I texted my dad and I was like, did you just come back to the room? And he was like, no. And so I think that was like, there was one more thing, like doors just kept opening in rooms. Like it opened in the bathroom on me one time, but that one didn't scare me as much as those other two. (laughs) For sure. Well, yeah, for sure. Those other two were like the front door, like the door to actually get into yeah. The room. And so what's what's really, really crazy to me is that these, you know, these are modern doors. Um mm-hmm. the Tropicana, if I if I'm remembering correctly, that's the one that's where Penn and Teller do their shows, right? Or there, that's a Rio. That's I, the Rio. Yeah, that's the Rio. The Tropicana is home to the Laugh Factory in Vegas. Oh, and okay, okay. It also mm-hmm. has it has a Prince tribute show in it when I was there. Okay. <laughs> but it's like big, it's always full. It's one, it has um, Robert Irvine's restaurant. So there are always people like in that restaurant downstairs. Uh And it's a very busy hotel that's like right off of the strip and across the street from New York, New York, which is probably one of the bigger ones. How old, how how long has the Tropicana been in business? Oof, a long time. I can look up the opening date now well, yeah i think it's one of those ones that was a gang hotel if i if of i course. remember right we'll see and that that's that that was gonna be my like my guess or like my question is just like because you know vegas is vegas like we all know that vegas is, has uh-huh. a history of violence and and you know gang affiliation and murder and all, a bunch of violent stuff that has happened in vegas for sure it's in city for a reason and so it, it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be surprising to me that there are ghosts in every single one of these hotels in Vegas, like 1000%. Yeah. There has to be some sort of entity in each and every single one of these Vegas hotels. Um, but what is just really interesting to me is how a ghost, unless it was a modern like you know entity, like someone who passed away during the time of car, key card yeah. locks and things like that, that right? it knows how to open a door. But then again, the supernatural kind of doesn't make sense to begin with. Exactly. And, and so it I just, mean, did you just watch, I don't know if you're a Sam and Colby fan. Have you um, ever heard of them on YouTube? I have not heard of them, no. Oh, dude. They just released a four-part series on The Conjuring House. Oh, okay. they literally found perfect evidence for paranormal existence. It is, is it- like you can't argue with them that ghosts are real after watching all four parts of that show. I was say I think I remember seeing something about that um, recently, mm-hmm. so I, I will need to check that out. Um, it, it's it's interesting to say it's a Conjuring house because you know Ed and, and, and Elizabeth Warren, you know they're yeah. just like they're you know they're the ones who brought you know demonology and. And ghost hunting kind of into the limelight whenever they investigated the Amityville horror case. Mm-hmm. And so 
for me, I like Elizabeth Warren's take on things where because Elizabeth Warren, she, she, yeah, she I, think La, I think it's I think it's Lorraine. Lorraine Warren, Ed and that's Lorraine. what it is. Ed and Lorraine, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, Lorraine, she you know devout Catholic, and so and so is Ed. Like he's they're both mm-hmm. really devout you know Catholics. And something that always stood out to me was that they um, they say that you know you have to have some sort of faith to believe in like the afterlife or the supernatural. And so it, it's, it's always stood out to me like, okay, yeah, like I've always kind of believed in that because, you know, I, I do believe I am, I am yeah. you know, a Catholic. So I, I do believe in that kind of stuff. So it's easier for me to buy into the idea of ghosts, the, even yeah. despite like the personal experiences that I've had where, you know, I've actually run across ghosts and and what I believe to be demonic spirits and entities. And so like it it's it's always been easy for me to understand that kind of stuff and and, and believe it, even when people are just like, this is like you th- this could be easily explained, like easily like a one off. Like, yeah, it could be yeah. easily explained, but there's always been something about me that's just like <sighs> But what if it was this? So I'm very like interested in mm-hmm. watching that, especially when you say like, oh, there's like concrete evidence of that that you can't refute. Because yeah. I've seen my fair share of stuff that you can't refute. Like there's no other explanation right. behind what happened. And 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 for you mm-hmm. in this story, right, the yeah. doors opening on their own, like <laughs> How does yeah. that happen? And my dad and I also, my dad and I, are, he's way more of an atheist than I am. And I'm just like more agnostic. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think it's crazy for me to also believe in all this because I don't know what I believe in in any way. And um, oh yeah, having so much personal evidence of paranormal things where I'm just like, there's like I've had Ouija board experiences where they've said personal things when I wasn't in the room and they've like talked about me and been like, I want to talk to grace on the board. And my sister would call me and be like, why is a ghost talking to me on a Ouija board about you? You're in a different state than me. And so I've just had different things like that happen to me where I'm like, I, I have to believe in whatever this is. And what's crazy about why I brought up Sam and Colby is when they they have they found a new method through these two people to communicate with ghosts. Mm-hmm. And it's there are these two people named Cody and Satori who they're uh, dating and they found out when they hold on to each other in any way, when they're skin to skin contact, they can connect to ghosts through tapping. And they hear stomping all over and they're like, can you communicate with us? Knock once for yes, knock twice for no. And so that's how they communicate with the spirits. And they found out that the spirits can like learn about modern times. Like they'll be like spelling something like camera. And then they'll be like, yeah, that's a phone. Uh, Phones have cameras now. And they can like explain that to the spirits and the spirits get it. And so I, going back to like the Tropicana hotel locks and like the key card doors, I feel like if they've been living in the building for so long, they've seen people put a card in and they're just like, cool, I could do that too. Makes total sense. And testing it out. And I think because for some reason, because spirits attach to me, 
they were just like, oh, let's try this room. And my dad also has plenty of stories too. So both of us in one room is just perfect grounds for ghosts to come hang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's something that I've always found interesting. A lot of people who have said um, or who, are, who have studied, you know, ghosts and demonology and things like that is like, if you've been touched once, you're like pretty much a beacon mm-hmm. from that point forward. And so, you know, yeah. they, they, they sense you, they can sense that you sense them back. And so they are more inclined to reach out to you in some way, shape or form. And, and that totally makes sense to what you were saying, especially the videos that you were mentioning before about, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's that theory where ghosts are constantly repeating their lives prior mm-hmm. to their death. But then what you're saying and what you've experienced in that video and what or I guess what they were experiencing when they were doing their investigation of the Conjuring house yeah. is that it's not so much that they are reliving their lives. They're just now moving forward, moving past and kind of living as if they are evolving with the world around them. And so that's, yeah. that's interesting. That's, that's very, mm-hmm. I, I haven't and heard I do of that before. That, oh, it just, it just came out. Um, the week of Halloween is yeah. when they started releasing the videos and uh, they spent seven days there. So they had seven days for full. They had to spend the night every that's single night long. and just like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. In the Conjuring they, house, that's way too long. To their subscribers, <laughs> right. And the ghosts were like, get out. <laughs> and yeah. Oh, so yeah. they, they agreed that it was way too long. <laughs> like, I but, don't even think um, you spend I, a whole day there, let alone seven whole no. days in probably yeah, one of the most haunted in rooms. No, that's Mm-mm. that's just crazy. That's just asking for disaster. It's, I honestly was I I love scary movies. I love everything scary. And I've never watched a paranormal show like i watch i watch all of the like ghost hunting shows that you can find and i have never been so scared when except when watching those videos that they just released because of certain things that happen it just feels like they're not going to get out of this alive and the way how aggressive the spirits are being in some ways is really terrifying to me they caught a full apparition of a head staring at them that or they didn't even notice it their subscribers noticed it and were like please react to this please see that there's someone standing behind you right here after like something terrifying happened in the basement there and um yeah after seven days just like submerging yourself in that world with so many spirits because it's i think they call it a portal Mm -hmm. to the paranormal yep because of just how active the house is and it's insane <laughs> yeah no 100 percent. and so and before the i want to get to something really quick so before you the we started recording mm-hmm. you mentioned that with this in, this event included you know we talk about portals and i i fully believe that people can also be portals um for yeah. the supernatural for the paranormal like no matter where they go they're attached to the person and not the place um you mm-hmm. you've mentioned before that you were going through like a year of just spooky shit happening to you. Um, yes. Go ahead. T- tell me a little I bit did. more about like some of the other things that were happening to you during this, this spooky year that you're having. <laughs> so like it started with sleep paralysis for me. Oh yeah. And I never 
brought it up to my family just because I I also didn't really know what sleep paralysis was at the time. It was like 2016, 2017. And it just wasn't something I feel like TikTok has made people more aware of what that it exists. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the first time it happened, I had a dream. And well, for, for OK, first, it started with a week of me like being in my room and being like someone is behind me. Like someone is in my room with me. And that was the year that I, I, to this day, I sleep with a blanket over my head. I don't sleep with any part of my body outside of a blanket, even if I'm like boiling hot because oh, no. I can't fall asleep. <laughs> no, and no, uh, I, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the exact same way. Like I can't <laughs> like if like, you know, the whole thing about you leave your foot out that, you know, something will, yeah. will, be able to grab it. If I feel my foot has come out it. of the cupboard, it doesn't. It doesn't matter how deep of a sleep I am in, I will wrap my foot back in that blanket or get it back over in the bed. I can't. I can't. You know, that's just that's, yeah. <laughs> that's just been instilled in my brain uh, since childhood. Uh-huh. So it's I, so scary. Yeah. <laughs> and Don't so, mess with the, yeah, the first thing that happened is I had a dream, and it was a dream with me, my mom, my sister, and two of my friends, and we were in a cement square room and two cots and I was watching the room like I was looking at myself and everyone like from a security camera point of view Mm -hmm. and I don't remember what we were talking about but then I remember halfway through the dream I switched to my point of view and one of my friends said something like she's asleep and then someone else said I'll wake her up and got in my face and went boo and then immediately I was awake, but I couldn't open my eyes. And I just remember like, not like seizing, but just like shaking back and forth. And I couldn't wake up. And finally I opened my eyes and I was hanging halfway off of my bed. And my fan that I always had on, on, it had three levels and it was always on the second level was completely off. And my TV volume, cause I also fell asleep with my TV on every night went from the normal seven that I left it at to zero. And the movie that I had fallen asleep to had restarted by the time. So I woke up halfway off my bed with my TV back on my fan off and my volume off. And I was like, ew, ew. And it was like six in the morning. My heart is like literally like like dropping hearing that. So, so, so like your, your dream or quote unquote dream that you were having was you were surrounded Mm -hmm. by your friends and they were like, she's asleep. She's not asleep. And then the one of your friends come. And as soon as someone said, yeah, as soon as someone said boo, that's when I felt like it was someone right in front of my face Ooh, in my no. bedroom. No, and no, so no. I heard she's asleep and then I was back to consciousness and I heard boo and I couldn't open my eyes. I feel like I'm bad at explaining that story, but it like it was the most terrifying experience in real life. No, no, I get that. I mean, yeah. I, I I experienced bouts of sleep paralysis back when I was younger too mm-hmm. and so it it it, it Folks who who have experienced sleep paralysis before can definitely empathize with just how devastating it can feel. That yeah. that feeling of helplessness, that feeling of just like you feel your heart racing, you're half awake, half asleep, but at mm-hmm. the same time, everything feels so visceral, so like life or death almost. Yeah, and, you can't and it's crazy move. how those dreams stick with you because D- I don't yes. remember any of my dreams except that one from mm-hmm. seven years ago 
<laughs> like yeah, they, I don't remember any other dream I've had. That feel like literally like I, I wasn't kidding when I said like my heart literally felt heavy listening to that story because those kinds of dreams, like when you have that sleep paralysis, when that happens to you, it literally just weighs on you. And mm-hmm. like when you think about it, just ran because I'll think about mine just randomly throughout the day. Like it'll be broad daylight, and yeah. I'll just think about it, and then my whole body will just like freeze up, and my chest will feel heavy. And yeah, I I can totally like empathize with that one hundred percent. It's terrible. Yeah, and so that was the first time that week that it started. So then the entire week, the same thing happened with my fan and my TV every single night. My fan would be off and my TV would be back on to whatever I fell asleep to, but like halfway through it. And so I asked my mom, I was like, are you messing with me? Is my TV too loud at night? And she's like, I don't, I'm already asleep by the time you fall asleep. I'm not going into your bedroom. And I I asked everyone, my dad, my sister, no one was coming into my room. And so then like the third night of that week, I was laying in bed and I didn't think I had fallen asleep yet. But it was kind. It was one of those like half in, half out sleep, and, and I, I guess that is the perfect sleep paralysis state because I couldn't move, but I was fully aware of what was happening in the room, and I had a full sized bed, and I'm I sleep scrunched up, and I was on one side of it, and I just felt the other side of my bed indent and like go like someone was on their knees, like pushing down on that side of my bed and like peeking at me, mm-hmm. and then I felt the blanket come off of my head. And I felt someone pull pull that off of me. And I was like, it, it was like really slow, like just started peeling off of me. And I was like, oh, I have to turn, I have to turn around and see who is in my room. Oh my God. And so I like whipped my blanket around to hopefully like capture someone in it. And there was no one in my room. And right before I turned around, I heard my bedroom door click shut. Oh no. Yeah. No. <laughs> that, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> And then the fourth night, I opened my eyes around three in the morning and I saw a dark shadow figure crouching in the corner of my room next to my bedroom door, like facing the wall back to me, crouched down. And then it slowly started to stand up and I closed my eyes and I went to bed. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, because my dad was still awake and I was like, I'm not, if someone kills me, he'll hear it. Uh." (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to bed. Um, see, and that's that. That's one of the most common things when it comes to sleep paralysis is that shadow yeah. man, that shadow mm-hmm. figure that people see, like either on the bed. I did bed not or, want to meet him. Yeah, you know, it, man, like that's one of those things that is just absolutely terrifying. And and every time I hear about the shadow man, and I I, I hear about like the the heart racing and and the just people's utter fear. It it reminds me of. Did you ever read Stephen King's um, novella, The Boogeyman? No, but I want to see the movie. I still haven't watched it. I still haven't seen I saw the movie. The trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still haven't seen the movie itself, but the the <laughs> novella, like the the short story. Um, it, I read it from his book, uh, The Night Shift, which is like a series of short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my favorite one in that whole book. Um, wow. because it's just so terrifying how he describes, you know, how people die in that in that short story, like the 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 terror that they feel. Yeah. And he builds such excellent suspense, and I I feel like it's a great metaphor for sleep paralysis. Like when you sit, you lay in your bed, 
Um, and you just, you hear your, your closet open and it's open just a crack. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, that's it. You're, you're done. You're dead. And so that's kind of how it feels when you have that sleep paralysis and you have, you know, you see that shadow man or whatever is plaguing you during that time period. You just feel like your heart. Yeah. Like you, when you, cause you, and you kind of feel it coming. Right. You, you mm-hmm. feel it like you, you, you get like this feeling and you know exactly what's about to happen next and you can't do anything to stop it. So like, you're yeah. just like freaking out before it even starts to happen. And then you freeze and you can't, you're just frozen in that terror state. And mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, Oh man, I oh, just thinking about it just literally makes my right. heart race and just like makes me like dread um when it's gonna happen again (laughs) yeah yeah i I have to fall asleep to like sleep meditations and to just like white noise now because i can't stand silence in my room mm -hmm. just in case i hear a door open again (laughs) because it still happens to this day i've just gotten better at ignoring it and better at fighting instead of flighting (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't I don't just like go back to sleep now I like have a lamp right next to my bed that's touch and so I can like get it like when I moved into my new apartment here I woke up a few nights in a row at three in the morning and I had like a motion activated light in my room and it was always on when I'd wake up and I was like nope I'm getting rid of that light and I'm going to ignore this and it's gonna stop <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just like co- continuously just being like I'm gonna find ways to make it not happen and if it does happen, I won't even notice because <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't deal with it. I can't deal with that sinking heart feeling anymore. No, it, it that that feeling is literally one of the worst feelings. It's it, yeah. it, you you really can't even put like like to, like anything to compare to it. I feel like yeah, like, it's just it, the fear of the unknown. Yeah, it's like being in a dark alley and hearing footsteps behind you. Yeah. I I, I guess not a lot of people have felt that feeling, but I feel like you can imagine how awful that feels to know that something is waiting for you in the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great example. It's just like you, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Like it's a feeling Mm -hmm. of helplessness. Like you, like you mentioned, like you were in an alleyway, you're like, you hit a dead end and then you start hearing someone walking behind you. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do to stop what's about to happen to you. And you just have to, face it because it's also only happening to you and so even if you sleep in the same bed as someone else like they're not going to wake up and be like oh yeah there's a shadow person in the corner sometimes (laughs) but that's not sleep paralysis that's just a ghost or a person (laughs) oh that's just tim yeah exactly that's just tim in the corner (laughs) it's the man from the walls (laughs) so were, were that was is that what happened like just basically the sleep paralysis pretty much all year long or what other events happened throughout the year oh it gets crazy <laughs> and so i it, it was a week of sleep paralysis and so the final night i, I woke up at three in the morning every single night within that week and mm-hmm. i couldn't move and nothing it, when it got to the full week, there were little things like the person in the corner, the person getting in my bed, but every other night it was just stillness and not seeing anything. And the very final night I woke up to a terrifying face looking back at me that the best way I can describe it is a clown 
with red swirly eyes and a white face and and like pale white, like clown white. And uh, yeah, that was the final night I woke up that face and I was like laying down and the face was looking at me and I just closed my eyes again and was like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. If if you're not going to touch me within those four seconds, my eyes were open, then I'm going to pretend like you weren't there. (laughs) (laughs) And And then after that night, I stopped waking up at three in the morning. And throughout the year, as as you know, my mom ran a theater for 20 years and theaters are just notoriously haunted. Mm-hmm. And we had two ghosts there. We had Elijah and, oh, she'll, she would be so mad if she knew I forgot her name. And the mean ghost, oh, she, she, she was a bitch, pardon my French, but she was a fun <laughs> one. <laughs> she just did not like theater. And, um... All, Elijah would talk to us like through a Ouija board and things. Ava, that was her name. And I got a pendulum. And so I started talking to them through a little pendulum, which is a stone on a chain and it swirls yes or no to things. And I started using the pendulum a lot more in the theater. And one time we were talking to something that wasn't either of them. And I don't know what it was still. And the pendulum that night, the chain was completely still, but the jewel would shake back and forth like it was quivering. (laughs) And like, it just had so much power. And with a pendulum, you have to hold it in your hand. And people think that it's fake because you're holding it and you can subconsciously move it. But I wasn't wasn't moving it, (laughs) I promise. And after that night, my pendulum started losing color. It used to be a completely like emerald green pendulum and it just started to turn white from the bottom and i was like yuck and so paranormal stuff started to pick up again because i was getting crazy and into it and my sister was living in new york at the time and i was back home in texas and i was in our dressing room and we had this shelf above where we hung the costumes Mm -hmm. and a bunch of boxes on the shelf yeah. And that night I was in the dressing room cleaning up after some rehearsal and the shelf collapsed and like all the boxes fell on me, which it had been hanging for five years without that happening. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden it just like gave up and fell on me. And right after that, my sister called me and I was like, what a weird thing. Hey, what's up? And she said, what's your favorite color? And I was like, purple? And she was like, I thought it was blue. Um, I'm talking to a, a ghost on a Ouija board that asked for you. And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, I asked, I, I'm not, she wasn't even the one touching it. It was yeah. her friends in college that had never met me touching a Ouija board in Brooklyn. And it's, they asked it, do you know someone in this room? And it said, yes. And they said, who? And it spelled out Emma, which is my sister's name. And she said, are you connected to me? And it said, no. And she said, are you connected to my mom? It said, no. And then she said, are you connected to my sister? And it said, yes. And then she was like, you guys are messing with me. Because, I mean, her friends know about my ghost stories Uh because the year she went to college is when everything was going crazy. And so I'd call her every once in a while with updates. (laughs) And um, so she was like, if you know her, what's she allergic to? And it spelled out peanuts. And she was like, easy guess. 
what's her favorite color? And it spelled out purple. And she's like, that's not true. It's blue. So she called me. And I told her my favorite color was purple. And I don't remember if it gave a message or why it wanted to talk to me. I think it just wanted her to know it was there. And Mm -hmm. um, she said in the apartment, as soon as like we confirmed everything, the lamp in the corner just started flickering. (laughs) No. And (laughs) everyone was just like, oh, no. And they put up the Ouija board for that night. And then. So wait, wait. So (laughs) she she called you right after the bins collapsed or the bins collapsed first or, or, or she called you and then the bins collapsed after she called bins you. collapsed. Then she called me. And so it was like, it was like, it was trying to tell me I'm here and I'm like communicating with you. And so it, it was like, it was communicating with me in two different ways. And it was also after I had just learned, I had a friend who she claimed she was a medium I don't know if it was true, but she did tell me I had an attachment and that all he wanted to do was protect me and hang out with me. And I was like, I am a minor, but I guess you can hang out. (laughs) (laughs) And so there was just Um, this, excuse me, sir, according to her, right. According to her, just a French man that wanted to be my friend and protect me. And I was like, cool. A guardian angel. Awesome. (laughs) And so, she i think the board confirmed that it was him when she was talking to them and he was just communicating because he he wasn't a trickster spirit but he was just like a goofy guy i haven't spoken to him in a minute i don't know if he's still around but so but that's the thing it's just if he was there to protect you why would he drop the bins on you it wasn't like every single bin fell on me it was like they all slid off the shelf a bunch of them went to the ground and like i moved out of the way before it hit me (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was just like all coming at me at the same time so i think it was just because a few things happened like that like their doors would open in the theater there was someone banging on the back door one time in threes and i went to open it and there was no one there and then it happened again and then music started playing from an unplugged speaker and uh curtains would open and the trash can would flip and things would move and that spirit confirmed that there was something malicious and he was the protective one. Mm, And so I don't know if he was trying to get, he was dropping the bins to try to get my attention because of something, because all of the malicious things had been happening. But I think it was just a way to be like, there's a ghost here and you're about to get a call about me because your sister's dialing your number right now. And it just wanted me to be in the headspace of spooky stuff. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. Uh, especially the whole, yeah. that she was, you know, Emma was in New York and talking to it and, and the fact that it knew your favorite color, but Emma didn't. Yeah, and like, she that's, didn't. That's crazy. That was the weirdest detail to me that I was, because I, I don't always trust Ouija boards. I mean, I had an experience with one where um, I also have video evidence of an orb flying out of my chest while I was playing with a pendulum in a Ouija board (laughs) because my college friends were obsessed with how spooky I was and they made me pull it out and we were talking in our dorm room. Um, I was talking on a Ouija board and I went to Pace University in downtown Manhattan that is two blocks away from where the Twin Towers were. And so Mm -hmm. active, active area. And 
they were just like, pull out your Ouija board. Let's have fun. And I was like, I won't touch it, but you guys can have fun. And mm-hmm. so I pulled out the Ouija board in their room. And one of their roommates was Catholic and was like, get out and started praying over a bottle of water. And was like, I'm not dealing with this. Go to the <laughs> common room. And so we went down to the common room in our or first. What happened in their dorm rooms? I pulled out my pendulum and it would swing for me and it would answer yes or no. And when I'd hand it to anyone else, it wouldn't answer. It wouldn't talk to anyone. The pendulum would stay still. And so my friend was like, no, no, get out of my room. And so Mm -hmm. we went down to our dorm common area and started talking on the Ouija board. And the same thing happened where I was like, I'm not going to touch it. You guys have fun. And it wouldn't move. And so I was like, fine, I'll put my hands on it one time and see what happens. And so I did. And it started talking and it started circling. And quicker than any Ouija board has ever spoken to me. I did it when I was a kid and I stopped when the year of yucky, spooky stuff happened. (laughs) And so (laughs) it started circling the board and then it said Zaza, which if you look it up is a common uh, demonic name that comes from Ouija boards. Mm -hmm. And then it started counting down. (laughs) <laughs> and we were like goodbye not dealing with that and no. my Wait, counting friend, down cou- it went from i think they go one through zero and it went to zero and it just started sliding all and it stopped at every number it went zero nine eight seven six and we were like oh no <laughs> no 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 yeah. no no, another, no which is another yeah which is another sign of demonic things so every demonic thing that i knew could happen on a ouija board happened right there and i was like this is why i told you guys i didn't want to touch it i don't know why that's happening that's new to me i I don't know and so we all went to bed that night and we didn't put the stuff in my room so i was fine my friends woke up that night to a shadow figure in the corner of their dorm and all four people sleeping in that room saw the shadow figure they all woke up they didn't talk in that moment but they woke up the next morning and were like did you see that and they all said yes and one of them was one of the biggest skeptics I know. And he was just like, I didn't want to say anything, but I, I did see that. For for me, it's like you, you the counting down is what's... It was gross. That's a hard, yeah, that is a hard no for uh-huh. me. And I would not, one, I would not sleep alone that night, like 1,000%. I'm so glad I was in a dorm. <laughs> I, would, I would go to the church. I'd go stock up on some crucifixes right. and holy water and get blessed, like the whole nine. Like I wouldn't even like mess with that at all. And like I would never touch yeah. that Ouija board ever again in my entire life. Like absolutely not. I don't not. even know where the, it is. <laughs> the, 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 I've done Ouija board before and I, like, I've had some weird things happen. Nothing mm-hmm. crazy like that. But enough yeah. to where it's just like, I'm never touching one of these things again. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not going to welcome this kind of juju into my house. My wife, you know, she's, you know, of the witchy yeah. persuasion. And so like she, <laughs> um, she, you know, she's a hard believer in, you know, that kind of stuff and like blessing the house. And, and, and she, she, mm-hmm. one of the things that I always found really interesting is that she doesn't allow like verbiage that would welcome a spirit or a bad entity into the house. You know how people have like welcome mats to say like, welcome or yeah. come in. She does like a hard pass on those. Like that's just inviting something oh, nice. to come into yeah. your home. And I didn't even think about that when she said that. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. I, like, I appreciate her for being that mindful of, of, of that kind of thing because I wouldn't even thought of that. 
now I'm thinking it, it, of getting rid of like, my mat that says "Hi, welcome to Chili's" on the front. <laughs> That's what I have right outside of my door. <laughs> But it make it make. I mean, that's a great. I mean, welcome to Chili's. I mean, it's I think they'd be one. down Maybe if that you had some. Work. Yeah, I think that one's fine. I mean, they're just like. I mean, unless you don't have the chips and salsa, and then they're just gonna be pissed. You're right, uh, and then they'll leave. be like, so it's fine. Where where are my where are my honey chipotle chicken crispers? Right, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so I've never. Thought I'm gonna of that. haunt yeah. you even harder. Literally, <laughs> uh, now I've opened that up. Yeah, but um, my friend actually did go to a church the next day and get holy water and then went to a thrift store and found a picture of the Virgin Mary and hung that in their dorm room. And after they did all of that, they got a call from their mom and their mom said, were you touching a Ouija board last night? And they were the one that was like, I'm not doing anything ghosty. I was raised in an extremely Catholic household. Like I'm not, you guys have fun. I'm not touching this. And so Mm -hmm, they were like, mm -hmm. we also didn't post anything. Like, because I'm I'm in the age of social media, like we did not tell anyone we were doing that that night. And she was like, did you touch one last night? And they said, no, my friends were playing with one in my room, but I didn't touch it. And she said, I got a call from my friend who's a medium this morning that said you were near a Ouija board last night and you can never do that in that building again. There are over 900 spirits there. And she was just, she like strongly warned you to never do that in that building again. And they texted all of us and were like, you're never going to believe what just happened. (laughs) And I still don't believe it. It was insane. I just still can't believe it. Because we, we took one video of that night, which was me holding my pendulum. And explaining to my friends how it works. And you see an orange ball of light fly out of my chest and to the side. And then both people recording their flash. They had like their flash on on their cameras. And the flash went out on both of their phones at the same time. Right after the orb flew. That is the only video we had. And we didn't send it anywhere yet. We were just like holding on to it. And so there was no way that their mom could have known anything. Because they were not going to tell her. Because she was like witchcraft, yeah. devil, get away. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. And, and it's it's one of those things too, where like you have to know, like being so close to an event of just massive, just trauma and sorrow and pain and yeah. suffering. It that felt you're bad. gonna be surround. Yeah, that you're gonna be surrounded mm-hmm. by entities that are, you know, they're they're looking for closure. And, and so they're looking for open contact that, in any way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when you open up that door, they're going to be, you know, scrambling uh-huh. to reach out, talk to my loved ones, tell them I love them. I'm still thinking about them or, yeah. you know, there's angry, there's anger, there's fear, there's hatred even mm-hmm. um, associated with that kind of trauma, that kind of pain. Like, oh, I can't even imagine trying to open up a door around that kind of energy like i know yeah and we were 18 and just not even thinking about what we were close to we were just like we're in our dorm let's talk to ghosts grace has ghosts yeah and so that's all they were thinking and i was like sure (laughs) grace has all the ghosts yeah literally (laughs) she's like ghosts are us you know just just gonna open up the store really Mm -hmm. quick (laughs) yeah i'm just i'm full of them (laughs) i need to go to a real medium that i believe in and actually figure out 
what's going on. Because I've only heard from people that I'm like, you're a medium. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know yeah. what's attached to me and why and how I've how I've connected to this. For sure. I mean, it. It. I think it'd be great. You know, I mean, I'm not an advice person. You know, <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I think it, it would be really beneficial to at least get some kind of clarity and, and more knowledge on, on what exactly is attached to you. How can you best communicate with it if it is yeah. a benevolent spirit or if it's malicious, like what, like how it's going to affect you and your life mm-hmm. pretty much for the rest of your life, because unless there is a way to detach yourself from that, which I feel yeah. the only way to do that would be through some sort of spiritual cleansing, whether it be through a church or through another medium, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So it's kind of like one of those things where you have to decide what's going to be best for you. Yeah. And this is my TED talk. Thank you for coming <laughs> to my my ghostly council, yes. council meeting. Yeah. Whenever I go to a psychic, I will let you know. And I'll do a part two of an update of what's wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) Besides the obvious, what's spiritually wrong with me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Emma, so much for sharing um, all of your stories (laughs) with us. Oh, sorry, Grace. Yeah, yeah, we were just talking about Emma. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Emma, Emma and Grace. Yeah. And what's even more embarrassing is that your name is on the screen. Too. It's okay. I'm in Emma's was, bedroom because was... she has a desk. Oh, so. you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, Grace, again, always great talking with you. Always great catching up with you also. Um, thank you again for sharing your stories. Yeah, of um, course. And yeah, I do want that update. Oh, I'll get, I'll get it to see you. Somebody. And uh, if anything else happens or if you, if you think of anything else, I'd love to have you back on the cast as they say yeah and um you know i've still got plenty of stories stories and your experiences (laughs) fantastic awesome thank you again i appreciate it of course thanks for having me thank you for listening if you liked this episode please like and subscribe on spotify apple Podcasts, or amazon music please rate and leave a review it really helps small podcasts like mine grow Follow me on Facebook at Mr. Sugar School so you don't miss out on any updates. Until next time, stay scary, friends.